0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. We made it through the holidays, and we are almost done with January, and I hope you are Starting the Year Encouraged and Ready for Whatever God Has for You This Year. Today, Kyle's joining us as we talk about a few different topics and give you encouragement as you're standing and fighting for your marriage.
1: Very glad to be on today. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Yes. Well, we recently attended a conference and... um They were talking a lot about relationships and marriage at this conference, and I thought some of the statistics were staggering. Um, One statistic they gave, and this is coming from a study that the organization Communio did, and one of the statistics is that one in five Christians in church on Sunday will admit that they are struggling in their marriage. And along with that, um, women in church are 62% more likely to report struggles in their marriage than men. And I thought that was interesting that there's so many people all around us who are struggling in their marriage. And in conversations I've had with people recently they would admit that they don't tell anybody that they're struggling in their marriage. They keep it to themselves. They don't talk about it. They think they're the only one struggling. And so often we see people that stay in that place of isolation, hurting in their marriage, wondering if this is normal, um, struggling with communication, struggling with a variety of different things but instead of reaching out and getting help, they end up just watching their marriage fall apart until it seems like it's too late and they've ended up separated or divorced.
2: And I think that is so true for now. But I think it was true when Bob and I were going through our marriage problems. I mean, nobody knew we were we were going to church every week. We took our children and we were active in church. And nobody knew what was going on behind the scenes um, because Bob and I were trying to work it out. But in the meantime, I didn't realize how far Bob had walked into sin, and it was a hidden sin, and with committing adultery, and and I did not even have—I was aware of it. And so that I can understand— that we have a lot of people in our church that are wearing a mask. And I want to tell everybody today we need to take off the mask, especially if you have two or three people that you know very well and are like a prayer partner to say, This is between us three, and I want you to pray for our marriage.
0: Yeah, I think it's a pride issue is one reason that people don't share with other people when they're having a struggle. They think they're going to be judged. They worry what people will think of them. But um, I think it's something that as believers, we need to have honesty and transparency with each other. In James 5, verse 16, it talks about the importance of confessing our sins to each other and how effective the prayer of a righteous person is. And I think that when we're holding things so close to our chest and not sharing with other people um, the struggles we have, then we're just perpetuating the isolation that the enemy wants us to be in um, so that we don't share with other people. And I think there's a right and wrong way to share our problems with other people and when I we're talking about that today we're meaning sharing with a trusted godly person or couple we're not saying that you should share it with you know 33 of your friends or bash your wife or bash your husband but share with a trusted group um you know in churches, That's a great place to find community to share with, and that's why it's so important to be in a church and important to be in even a small group so you have some type of community to share with. Um, Another statistic that we heard this week was that 85% of churches admit to spending nothing on their marriage ministry.
2: That is shocking and frightening.
0: And I can't recall honestly what group of churches that was. I don't know if that was just in the state of Florida, in this community, nationwide. I need to figure that out and get that back to you. But we need to be people who are working on our marriage. And so if you're listening to this and you're married, know that there's always work to be done. You know, as a parent, I didn't never stop learning how to parent. Now, my kids, three of my four kids, are grown and adults. And we're learning how do we parent adult kids now. Um, When our kids were newborns, we're looking at things. How do we parent a toddler? Like we're getting ready for the season that you're entering. And so that's so important to do in a marriage.
1: The church talks so much about uh, transparency and vulnerability a lot of times with personal sins. And and the church focuses on that, like I said. But the part that gets left out of that is like... (laughs) marriage struggles right they're like right. oh confess your pride or right. your uh or your adultery or your lust mm-hmm. but like don't confess that you and your wife are struggling mm-hmm. right i just think it's important that we share that with other people yeah. right? in order to find help and 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 the stats of people in the church who get divorced versus people that aren't in the church who get divorced those are also staggering right 20 percent right. of people in the church admit to struggling in their marriage, but 50% of the world gets divorced. Right, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And we see that the church is a place where divorce is like, less likely to happen. And I think a reason for that is sharing our struggles with community around us. Right.
0: One of the other statistics that we talked about was that um, according to a Barna research study, the statistics of people that divorce within the church is less like 30 to 50 percent, which is great because that means when people are in a church, they're less likely to face divorce, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And um I think that we could see that change if we take a look at marriage and um What is happening? You know, marriage rates have dropped 31% since the year 2000 and 61% since 1970. And people are just getting married later. They're choosing not to marry. They're cohabitating. You know, there's a lot of things that are setting up um, a marriage or a life of struggle. And so we say all this to highlight the importance of marriage, to highlight the importance of being in a church. And we understand that there are seasons of life where it is difficult to be in a church community. And one of those is when you're going through marriage problems. You know, you are trying to figure out, do I go to church alone? Should I switch churches? Should I go to our old church that we used to go to as a family? What should I do? And that is a struggle in trying to figure out where you belong but I would encourage you to do the action every single week of getting your body in a physical church because they need you as much as you need them um we talked recently about your community and how important that is if you have a community of people around you and those core people that are in your life, and it might be one person that's your core person that that is a prayer partner, or you might have a group of three people, but those core people that are in your life, if they are for marriage and they're for um, what God can do and they're for um, your relationship, then you have a better chance of having success. But if you have people surrounding you who are pro divorce and and you know all of your closest friends and people pouring into you are people who are in their you know third fourth and fifth marriage then your likelihood goes down because it's who you're surrounding yourself with and what you're fighting for and so if you don't have a person in your life that can support you, pray and ask God to give you a person, a prayer partner, and then be bold to ask somebody. Maybe you respect somebody in your church and you would go to them and say, hey, would you be my prayer partner? We may not know each other well, but would you just mentor me? Would you be my prayer partner and agree with me in prayer for the things that you're praying for for your marriage?
2: We need um, to know that God hates divorce. It says that in the Bible having a group of people that you share uh, more deeply in, um, and not have it be go- gossip, but just sharing how, how you are walking through your daily life and, or your children's lives, um, we need to say, how can I change and how can I become more like the Lord and, and not be tempted with the world's way? And I think one of that ways is, is something that I will always talk about is about reading the word. I think that with all the people that I talk to, they always apologize to me and saying I should be reading my Bible more. And I end up putting it to be the last thing I do instead of the first thing I do. And so I want to encourage you That it's not the volume of how much you read, but you need to read the Word. It will bless you. It will guide you. It will direct you.
0: Yeah, our pastor was just talking about this, and he said, you know, the Bible is not for me to just open it and say, okay, God, you know, what what am I going to get out of this today?
1: Yeah, a verse that goes along with that topic, Proverbs 27, 17, (laughs) plain and simple as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. God made... First of all, marriage, so that we wouldn't go through life alone, right? But he also made relationships so we wouldn't go through life alone, right? And then we see that through all through the Bible, Jesus picks friends around him to to go through life with him, and we see that in the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. And God having uh, three people in one, right? We are made for relationships, Uh, not just marital relationships, but relationships with other people that will help us grow, help us uh, give us an outlet besides just a spouse in order to um, talk about different issues and and, and hear advice from.
0: And I think the enemy really wants us to be in isolation. He wants us to um, feel like we have nobody. And, you know, particularly when you're going through a separation or divorce when you're going through struggles in your marriage, when you're not in fellowship with your spouse, then the seeds of thoughts really get planted of, um, you know, you have nobody. There's nobody that can relate to this. You should just keep it to yourself. And and you don't have friends to talk to. And you shouldn't tell your family about this. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. Um, but as you're going through a stand for marriage restoration, it's constantly... Um, reminding yourself that God is with you and that He has a plan for you, and that nothing is too hard for God. And you know, somebody will say, um, "I I don't think God can restore my marriage. There's too much damage done. I, I think my spouse is too far gone." And that is a lie, first of all, because if that's the truth, then we've found the limits of God. And so the you know the person who raised Jesus from the dead has enough power to change your spouse has enough power to heal and restore your marriage, and I think um, being reminded of that when you're walking through that journey is important.
2: Let me uh, share a scripture, Lori, that just came to my mind when you were talking about that, and it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven to thirteen. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that is what we're trying to do today. We want you to have hope and a future. And even with your marriage and with all your children or uh, any family members, we want you to have a burden for salvation and your family and that nothing's not that you'll say, oh, this person will never come to know the Lord, never doubt the power of God, as the Lord just said. Then it says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Imagining that Lord, the Lord is sitting there listening to your prayers, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that was the scripture that the Lord reminded me of when we were preparing is that He wants your heart. He wants your relationship. And that's the beginning of having a marriage to be all that you need it to be, to be a mother, a father, grandparents. We He wants your heart to direct your steps and be in influence to people even at work.
1: And honestly, the best way that we can... Work on our marriage, or or continue to stand for our marriage. Is again, this is talked about all the time, but it's just simply running after God, running after a relationship with God, and and praying for our spouse to do the same. Right? Obviously, we can't do that for our spouse, um, but but the best way that God will be able to work in and through our marriage is just through both people running after the Lord together, and then God will work through that. And and obviously, we can only control what we can control, and that's ourself and and. That's something that we must do in our own personal life. But um, the the importance of praying for our spouse to do that same thing cannot be overstated. It can't be talked about enough.
2: And I know right now that there are many of you that do not have a spouse at home. Many of you have been waiting and standing for a period of time. And, and I don't want it to discourage you because you can do uh, so much uh, by praying And not giving up, and you're actually praying and fighting for the future generations of the of your children of being example of the permanence of marriage.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, there is a quote I want to read to you. It's from the book The Way Home, and it's from Casey Doss, and he says, "For those of you who are married, when you don't have a lot to draw from, then simply draw from the fact that you made a covenant." And he's talking about um, when you're fighting for your marriage. He was in the middle of fighting for his marriage. And he says, even if they've broken theirs, you keep yours, and God will reward you for it in the end. And just like what Kyle was saying that's where you draw from when you are in the fight for your marriage and like Kyle said you run to God um you might be asking yourself how did we get here you know how did we get to this point what happened that we're we're in this struggle and we um, constantly talk about it it's a lot of micro decisions and if you think back to it it probably was not one big event you know a spouse does not end up in an emotional affair or end up in a physical affair overnight it is micro decisions that have led them that way and so as you're rebuilding your marriage and if you're standing for your marriage to be restored you are in the rebuilding process even Amen. if you're by yourself right now you're starting the process of of saying what am i doing what have i done wrong god where do you want to change me and having him remold you and you know that starts mostly between your ears. And the Bible talks about how we need to take every thought captive. And that's a very difficult thing to do when you're going through a hardship, but it's sometimes a minute by minute thing where you're taking every thought captive when the enemy tries to fill you with doubt and fear that you're combating those thoughts with the truth from God's word. And that's why, like you said, it's important to be in God's word. So we know how to battle, you know, Ephesians talks about putting on the armor of God And the helmet of truth. Right. And
2: we have to know the truth. And Psalm 46, one says Psalm 46, verse 1, you could read the whole chapter. It is excellent. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. May you memorize that because you are not alone. You are not alone. You are the Lord is right there with you. He is our refuge and strength, and I think that we can have the enemy come in and try to deceive us and create that loneliness and that depression or oppression, and we've got to stand on God's Word where if you read um, a psalm a day or a proverb a day, however you do it, it's God is our refuge and strength. If you could just write that scripture out, that one short line, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble, it, it increases your faith, hope, and trust that nothing is too hard.
0: Exactly. I hope that you will be encouraged that regardless of where you're at in your marriage, whether you're married and feeling that struggle that we talked about in the beginning that so many people are having in their marriage, or whether you were in the midst of fighting for your marriage and and standing and praying for that restoration, that you will continue to cling to Christ because he's the only one who has the answer for your problem right now. He's the only one who can lead you and guide you in this journey that you're on. And Isaiah 41.10 reminds us, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's exactly what God wants to do for you today. You know, we have a great tool um, that will also help you in this season. And right now, as we're at the end of January, we're looking to February. And you know what that means is coming up. It's Valentine's Day. And that is a day that can sometimes be hard for people um, when you are in a marriage that is dead. And so we want to just remind you about a book that we have called The 12 Days of Thoughts on Being Alone Yet Loved During the Holidays. And this is a great book at this time of year because it walks you through 1 Corinthians 13 and takes you on a 12-day journey to help you find strength as you're facing loneliness. And if this is a hard season for you, this is a wonderful tool to um, have in your arsenal to find that encouragement as you're facing a season of loneliness and to be reminded that God is with you and that he can use all things in your life for his glory. So if you do not have a copy of that book, um, we'll leave a link in the show notes and you can pick up a copy of it and um, that will be a great blessing for you. So thank you for being with us today. And Kyle, thanks for being on with us.
1: Thank you guys for having me on. Hope yeah. you guys have a great day.
0: Yeah, thanks for being with us today.
2: Kyle, thank you for being with us today. And I know that I know that this is the beginning of a new year. And it, it seems, that I always was standing, it was one more month, one more year. And I want to encourage you, this is a new year to have a closer walk with the Lord and to have a build uh, a friendship with two or three people that can pray and be prayer partners. And God can move through all of these relationships and the power of prayer. Yes, absolutely.